0: Shalom, Shalom, everybody! Welcome back to another episode of the Pulse of Israel. I am back in our eternal and ancestral homeland, the land of Israel, in our beautiful ancestral capital, Jerusalem. Since King David's time, it is so beautiful to be able to say that once again. And I am with one of the most unique and important voices today about Islam in the Middle East, who is really helping everyone have a much better understanding because I'm a one of the most important uh, Dr. Mordechai Kedar, expert on Islam in the Middle East one of the most important phrases that I've heard being said today in Israel it's not being said by our politicians or our military officials even though it should be but it's being said by regular israelis is sof sof anachnu aravit. we're finally talking arabic meaning we're finally acting in a way that the Arabs understand we mean business, their language. Not the Western, oh let's make peace, let's give in to this, let's talk, which is in Arabic, you know as well as I do, that is looked on as weakness and signs that we are not serious and we can be taken advantage of. So. Moti Kedar, Dr. Kedar has been talking about this for years and he understands Arabic and he tells all the time this is what's going on, this is what they're saying. So here we are today to better understand what exactly is going on from Dr. Kedar's perspective. So shalom, shalom, Dr. Kedar.
1: Thank you so much, Avi, for having me here and giving me the podium.
0: It is always a pleasure. And I'm still I'm still pained that I'm not hearing you talking out of government offices or IDF offices to giving advice to them on what should be done because of your vast knowledge of how to talk Arabic because you literally know exactly what they're saying because you understand Arabic. But I'm glad to have the opportunity to to have you in my studio. Thank you so
1: much. There are some Knesset members and ministers who consult with me on a regular basis, yet behind the scenes.
0: Okay, that's the scoop that is very important for all of us to know. And I am only hoping and praying that the advice that you are giving to them, that they have the insight and the political will to push forward with that insight.
1: Well, uh, at some point, they have no other choice. Because sometimes you really need to, to do the right thing, rather than going around and do the wrong things.
0: So let's start with this, Dr. Gidar. What happened on October 7th? Because I've been talking about the miracle, the huge miracle, following the intelligence information that you have been talking about in various interviews I've heard. And I want to be able to share share that from first person from you with my audience as well. Again, it was a horrific tragedy, but the miracle, as I explained to people, is it could have been much, much worse.
1: Yes, the, the Iranians uh, planned uh, an attack on Israel which will be launched at once, one minute, from Lebanon, Hezbollah, from Syria. They have 17 militias in, only in Syria. Iraq, from the 50 uh, militias which the Iranians have in Iraq. The Houthis in Yemen, and uh, Hamas and the Islamic Jihad in uh, Gaza. In addition to uprise of problems here in Judea and Samaria, and probably within the Arab sector, within Israel uh, as well. This is what they planned, and according to this plan, after Israel will be bombarded with a barrage of uh, missiles coming from Lebanon with the thousands of missiles which they have in in Gaza, which will be accompanied with a terrain uh, action as well, incursion into Israel, the Radwan force from Lebanon, and uh, the Hamas from from Gaza, and they will uh, actually capture thousands of people in the north, Nahariya, Shlomir, Kiryat Shmona, uh, Rosh Pina, all the towns which are next to the border in, within with, with Lebanon, and the same thing in Sderot, Ofakim, Netivot, in the uh, southern part of Israel.
0: The kidnapping on both borders.
1: Kidnapping thousands of hostages on both borders. Uh, while Israel is bombarded and all the infrastructure is being under attack, power stations, air bases, uh, um, storages of the army, um, if, even the the gas facilities in the sea, everywhere, uh, it will be bombarded by this barrage of missiles. Israel will collapse uh, within two two days. Israel will exhaust all the uh, the missiles. Against missiles, the, the Iron Dome and the Arrow systems will uh, will use all their uh, ammunition within one or two days. Then the the uh, reserve uh, soldiers are still at home. They they will not be able to go to the fronts because everything will be destroyed. And uh, in, according to this Iranian diabolic uh, plan, Israel will be destroyed within three days. The Americans. In, in America, the Europeans in, in Europe. And this is what they planned. This is why they armed Hamas and all the other militias. This is why they equipped them, trained them, uh, sponsored them uh, with, the, with Qatar. And they Qatar and Iran prepared this uh, attack. And everybody should wait until the clue comes from, uh, from Iran to launch this attack all together. I wrote a whole article about this already in April, means like seven or eight months ago, and um, some people liked it because uh, they say, "Oh, if they prepare such a thing, we all have to be prepared for such a thing, at least psychologically, if not also technically." Sure. Sure. Uh, while others uh, blamed me for frightening uh, without any basis. I got this information from Iraq. The, the I, I got I have friends in Iraq who actually sent me the information about this uh, plan of the Iranians. And I uh, wrote about this, and I uh, gave the details in Hebrew. Uh, and, and it was translated to English and to Arabic and to many other languages. And uh, the website of Makorishon where it was originally uh, published, collapsed in the morning the because of, that, of the traffic which to came that uh, to that article. And, then, uh, and this was in April. Hamas were not supposed to start a war by themselves, because v- compared to Israel, Hamas are weak, are weaker. Hamas could take part in a bigger uh, attack, uh, which will be launched by all the others, right. uh, which will Israel will not be able to to uh, defeat. And this is th- they decided to start a private war using all the weapons ammunition, support, uh, equipment, which they got from Iran, on a private war. They didn't let the Iranians know about this in advance. They didn't inform the Hezbollah and they not know the others. They decided to launch this, w- this war because they wanted to pull the rag under the feet of the Saudis and the Israelis who were advancing to um, mutual recognition. Normalization, um, and, and Hamas knew, mean, Sinwar knew, that uh, in a war this, thi- this thing cannot happen. Saudi Arabia cannot advance its, its uh, relations with Israel uh, in, in, in the atmosphere of war, when Israel attacks uh, Arabs or things like this. So, this is why they decided to start this war in that this time. They looked for a, the best opportunity. Which will be like a holiday or a or, or, or Saturday, or combined both Saturdays and holidays. And they actually found the last day of the month of holidays of Tishrei, which was October this year, or September, October, and because on that uh, day there was a big uh, music festival near Gaza. And uh, this music festival actually gave them some thousands of potential hostages. Right. This is why they decided to launch this attack uh, after sunrise in that day when the, the people in the festival cannot hide uh, you know, in the darkness or disappear in the darkness. Everybody sees them. And uh, many of them will be very tired after dancing for the whole night, drunk, and maybe also with drugs. And definitely, they were viewed as easy prey. Hamas knew about this, about this festival, because first of all, they they heard it. It started on Thursday evening. They heard it in Gaza. But
0: it was right on the fence. It was it was right on the fence. No, uh,
1: like two, three kilometers from the fence, which is uh, the, the, the pile of of uh, loudspeakers actually brought the sound to Gaza. And uh, um, you know, initially they hate this kind of uh, of festivals because of what the girls are wearing in such festivals on the boys. They they don't like the alcohol, they don't like the music, which is Western music. And um and, and there is a history of attacking uh, nightclubs. It was in Bali in two thousand and one, it was in Bataclan in Paris as well. Yes, I remember in the nightclub one. in two thousand in two thousand and fifteen. Yes. So Islamists have this uh, hatred, special hatred, against nightclubs or Western music, which is the, the same thing, and they, they attack these events with big pleasure uh, because f- from their point of view this is a heresy uh, which corrupts their own children because people were, uh, were broadcasting this event, this festival, on FaceTime. Uh, you know, on on real time, and the kids in, in in Gaza are watching it. You know what the girls wear and what they don't wear. So they were very much a- against it. And um, they knew about this because the preparations for the festival took like two weeks. You know, building the stage, piling the the uh, the, the loudspeakers, the uh, cover, the tents, the facilities, the You know, the parking, everything, and it it needed work. And their workers, which they insisted on coming out from Gaza every single day to work.
0: We're working on that festival.
1: We're either work, I'm not sure we're working on the festival, but they saw the preparations definitely. Mm -hmm. So they came back every evening to tell Hamas, hey, they are preparing such a thing, no doubt. So uh, this is uh, uh, what happened uh, from the the, uh, um, Gaza side. The Iranians, so far, and we are today, uh, in the 58th, I think, day of the the war. 58 days. The Iranians have already heard about the war. Hezbollah already have heard about the war. They know exactly what happens. Israel is actually grinding Gaza. And Hamas have so many casualties. And And the Iranians and the Hezbollah, have not yet gotten into this war, they are still out
0: why not?
1: because they are mad at Hamas they are flabbergasted because of what Hamas they were, really did. Surprised. they were surprised, and actually Hamas now will be destroyed, and they actually not only destroyed themselves by attacking Israel in such a vicious way, they actually Exposed the Iranian plan. Everybody now understands what Iran planned, and now they have something tremendous happened. The Americans are in the sea, right, right near Israel, with a Ford a, a aircraft carrier, with a whole fleet around it, which could flatten Iran if they want. If they want, they are the deterrence. And, and now everybody understands what the Iranians wanted. So actually Hamas destroyed the, uh, the effect of surprise which the uh, Iranians planned. And, and now the world is much uh, and world supports Israel. Lo and behold, the Western countries which are usually rather critical vis-a-vis Israel, when Israel uh, does anything in Gaza, today they they support, not overwhelmingly, but the the support to, to Israel is way much bigger than what the Iranians expected. Why? Because the world understood what Israel is facing. Because if Israel collapses, according to the Iranian plan, the waves will come immediately to Europe. And the Atlantic Ocean is not wide enough to keep America away from this very problem. So, Israel is now fighting the fight of the Western world, of the Western civilization, against the barbarism which comes from the desert, or from Iran's side. And everybody understands it, in spite of the fact that not everybody says it explicitly. This is what they feel. So, here we are, in in, a vicious war, uh, which was launched in 14 hundred Israelis were butchered, uh, killed, maimed, uh, slaughtered, raped, uh, and and more than 300 hostages, okay, many of them are like 110, I think, were already released only because of the Israeli military pressure, and now Israel uh, again renewed the pressure in order to convince Hamas that they have no other choice but to release the hostages and to run away before Israel catches them and kills them. Because Israel actually vowed to get rid of Hamas, not only the military wing of Hamas, but also from the government of Hamas, and to do something else in, in, in Gaza. And then um, yes, this is this is what we see. Um, fortunately the Houthis started also a war against Israel, but since all their is missiles in Yemen, in Yemen Uh, All their missiles and uh, airplanes which they launch against Israel were knocked down. They started now a naval war against the naval traffic, uh, which is the passage between uh, Europe and uh, the the East. China, India, Japan, uh, there is no other pass. You can go around Africa, but it's very dangerous for the ships. Uh, so uh, uh, now uh, Iran, through the Houthis in, in Yemen, actually is fighting the world. And um, I, I hope that the world will do something, because the world with Iran is a very dangerous place to live in, with Iran. Just imagine if they succeed to acquire a nuclear weapon, which will give them immunity, which will give them an insurance policy that nobody will dare to touch them and to do anything against them. So this is actually the war uh, on Gaza, which is not only on Gaza. There are too many parties in this war uh, because it's actually Iran uh, is the problem, because without Iran, there was no uh, such a problem in in Gaza. So uh, we are aware of it. We know all about this. And uh, look, Hamas also made many mistakes. Uh, they assumed that Israel will never invade Gaza, because they have more than 300 uh, uh, hostages in the beginning. And Israel uh, surprised them by, by uh, invading Gaza. They murdered cold bloodedly uh, some of the hostages, and uh, they will pay the price, no doubt. Uh, Israel will not leave them. Is, is the Israeli government vowed uh, to, or committed itself, to get rid of Hamas, both militarily and the the, the uh, civil part of Hamas, and uh, this is the end of Hamas, N- no doubt. It will. T- it might take time. Israel is walking slowly in, in Gaza in order to you know not to expose our soldiers uh, to too many dangers. Uh, yet uh, the days of Hamas in Gaza are numbered.
0: So there are so many follow-up questions to to all the information uh, that you just gave over to us. Um, which thank you so much for for e- exposing all that for more people to be able to hear this because um, I know you've been interviewed a lot in in Hebrew with the opportunities to say all this I don't know how many opportunities you've had in English on English uh, well programs. for the full
1: disclosure I am the official uh, ana- analyst for the Middle East for Channel fourteen so right this right. is in Hebrew. In, right. in Hebrew in Hebrew
0: until you know I've reached out to them to work work in English as well to help them with English but putting that aside that's gonna be cut um so one follow-up question I'm I'm confused about Iran and Hezbollah because on the one hand as you said they were so angry at Hamas they did not join the war but on the other hand Hezbollah is attacking Israel on a low flame almost every single day up north and their Iranian proxies attacking US bases and US soldiers uh, in Syria and Iraq. So Iran has involved itself in the war but only on a low flame.
1: Right.
0: So how, how do you explain that? Why? Why?
1: In, in, in order, they are taking part as if in the war, uh, I am mean I'm Hezbollah and the militias in order to save the face of the of, of, you know, the Arabs are are accusing them the Iranians and their proxies by treason. They actually betrayed Hamas. That th- th- they don't uh, join the war. Israel is attacking Hamas so, so you know in, in such really? a big power, in big power, and where are the Iranians? Where are the Hezbollah? Uh, where are you guys? And uh, and they they say implicitly to the Hamas, you betrayed us. By starting a war without us, don't expect us to go into the, to the war, to war with Israel in order to save you. The hell with you. Okay, you, you acted in a way which you... Look, you have to, to understand. Hamas not only started the war without Iran, Hamas actually challenged the hegemony of Iran over the Mukawama, over the resistance against the West, against Israel the war against the big Satan and the, and the small Satan.
0: And they come out looking like they're the heroes of the Arab world right now.
1: The heralds of, of the Arab world. They actually challenged mm. or destroyed, in a way, the image of Iran as the custodian wow. of the Jihad against Israel. Wow. By waging a Jihad of their own, dragging or, or magnetizing the world to their issue, rather than Iran, who should have been the custodian and the, the keeper of the rights of the, Mos- of the Islamic uh, world against the invaders, against Israel, against the West. And, and they actually, th- this is why the Iranians, from their own p- point of view, Hamas can go to hell. And, and there is another, another point here, that Persians look at Arabs as, um, I would say, disposab- disposables. Like something which you use and you throw.
0: But for people who don't understand what Dr. Kedar is pointing out for all of us, is that the Persians, Iranians, they're not Arabs. They also look down upon Arabs. They're in the Middle East and they're Muslims, so they, they have a war against the Jews and a global jihad against the Jews and Israel. But they are
1: not Arabs. So they are it. not Arabs at all. If you if you uh, say to a Persian that he is an Arab, he you know, he he will kill you. Uh, yeah, n- n- not not literally, but uh, he is v- very very deeply offended uh, if you equate him with Arabs. Right. For them, Arabs are an alphabets are savage people, uh, bar- barbaric okay. people. They, right, this is how how traditionally uh, Iranians Persians. Look at Arabs. So this now comes out, wow. and there is another thing which comes out now that Hamas don't forget our Sunnah, while all the others in mean Hezbollah, Iran, and the militias are Shia, okay. as if the Shia abandoned the Sunnah. Wow. Also, this is now you can see in the in, in the in the in the, uh, the, the networks the Muslim world, right, right? The wow. rift wow. is yeah. now being coming out from under the rag. Wow. So. Uh, this this war actually destroyed, or is supposed to destroy uh, Hamas, and now the Iranian uh, um, plan to attack Israel in such a way was exposed as well. And uh, look, I don't thank Hamas for doing it, but yet the alternative was, was much worse right, much right. Worse. so i'm going
0: to come back to the whole discussion about the destruction of hamas in a second i first want to stick with iran and hezbollah because according to my own thinking and i've been explaining this to other people israel will have to attack hezbollah as part of this war effort in one way shape or form because for years israelis know that iran via hezbollah were planning we've known about iran's plan via hezbollah attack israel attack israeli uh uh, um, uh, towns and cities up north infiltrate via tunnels uh kidnap and kill in the cities and in 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 the towns and then go back into lebanon we've known about that but no one's really taken it seriously but now that what hamas did to israelis and communities down south all the israelis who live up north on the border with lebanon now know hezbollah is on the border you they can actually see hezbollah fighters on the border fence they don't want to return home and they won't return home and they're right until Israel takes care of the Hezbollah threat so that they don't feel there is a threat anymore so even though Iran is holding back Hezbollah and only having them on a low flame Israel must continue this war it cannot protect the Israeli population who live up north until they take care of the Hezbollah threat how, how do you well, respond to that analysis? let's let's
1: assume Theoretically, that Israel actually starts a war against uh, Lebanon and uh, destroys all the power of of, uh, Hezbollah, uh, blows up all the missiles, and uh, everything which they have, Israel destroys. Let's assume. And if you don't continue to govern the place, they will renew. Southern Lebanon. Well, in, in Lebanon, they will renew the missiles, it will take 15 years, of course. Maybe Hamas following
0: your logic, we have to return to have a security area in no, southern Lebanon. No, we have to
1: occupy Lebanon we, because we. they can do it to know from the security or, zone. Or, instead
0: of using that language, we have to reclaim and liberate biblical Jewish lands that is today southern Lebanon. By,
1: by the way, the word Beirut is actually a Hebrew word. Be'erot. Really?
0: Really? Yeah, really.
1: Really? This is the name. Be'erot.
0: And why is Beirut
1: named Be'erot? They took the, the, word, the Hebrew word Be'erot. This was the name of the place. I know. Uh, the Hebrew name. And uh, they turned it in. Look, Tzidon is Saida in Arabic. Tsor is Sor. Okay? So, uh, they actually they took the Hebrew names and they, uh, they just say it in Arabic. That's right. all.
0: No, I, I'm, I'm with you. I, okay. I agree.
1: So, look, in order to make sure that forever... Uh, there will be no weapons against Israel in Lebanon. You have to control Lebanon constantly. So even if we occupy uh, Lebanon and you and, and you destroy theoretically, destroy all the weapons of Hezbollah, yet you have to be there in order to make sure that they don't renew their stockpile of everything which they which they have today. Right. So since this is not uh, it's uh, not feasible uh, this solution to occupy Lebanon and to stay there forever. Uh, you have to, to come to a situation of deterrence. Deterrence means that um, the first of all, the idea of proportionality should be erased from the vocabulary here in Israel. And unfortunately, the Supreme Court actually forced the our, our forces to retaliate or to answer uh, in a propor- proportional way. Now, proportionality is actually destroyed the deterrence because you cannot deter somebody by saying hey if you kill one of our people we'll kill one of you the deterrence is being achieved when you tell him if you kill one of us i'll kill hundreds hundred of yours no less so be careful don't because it will cost you a hell of a lot and it should be a hell of a lot means after Israel finishes the job in Gaza, and in, from my point of view, Gaza could be flattened. And Israel should take the picture and send to, send to Hezbollah and say, see what we did in, 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 in Gaza? This will be the fate of Beirut, Tzor, Sidon, and Tripoli. Once you, you launch one missile against us, just be very careful. And if you really want to launch a missile, do it towards the sea, in order to uh, save yourself mm-hmm. from from uh, our retaliation or from from our answer. Okay, this is the only way how to survive in the Middle East. Uh, and for you know, uh, and also if you are powerful and uh, and uh, invincible. Uh, you get only a temporary peace, which will last only as long as you are powerful and invincible. Uh, this is why, if uh, Israel uh, uh, is powerful, invincible, forever, it will have, it will enjoy temporary peace, forever.
0: Right.
1: This is the only way to survive in the Middle East. This right. is no, it's not Europe here, right. it's not America, here. Uh, agreements are temporary anyway. And we Jews are rejected because we are different. We are Jews. We are not Muslims. And this whole area is Islamic. And our land was Islamic land, Palestine. Um, and uh, therefore, and as you know, a land has only one way ticket to come into the house of Islam and not to leave it. Uh, we Jews are not a nation because we are communities. Uh, which belong to all the nations of the world. And uh, is why we are we are not a nation. So we don't need a state. And our religion is not in void because Islam came to the world to replace both Judaism and Christianity. So why do you need a Jewish state if there is no Jewish religion? Right. And the people, the Jewish people are not a people. They are communities which should return to everywhere where they came from. So uh, this is the way they, they look at us. Therefore, the occupation is not what happened in 1967. The occupation is what happened in 1948. Now, uh, just let me, let me show you. The, this is the scarf which I think I showed here, but let's yes. first see the scarf of Hamas. Look at this. This is the scarf of Hamas. This green heaven. And this, is, and this you can see here the land. The map of Israel from the river to the sea. Uh, with a book on it. And the book is open, of the Quran. the book is open in a place which says, and prepare against them, means the infidels, prepare against them uh, whatever you have from, from uh, power and bound horses in order to strike terror into the hearts of your enemies and the enemies of Allah. To strike terror. Means this is the verse in the Quran which orders the Muslims to, main to use terrorism. So this is what hmm. uh, is on this emblem, or this uh, icon of the of Hamas, and this is the branch of Hamas of Birzet University, branch of uh, terror organization. Yeah, they're educated so university so the, whole the whole the whole the whole Israeli state is here, means the occupation of nineteen forty eight, while the PLO, uh, which uh, some people want to re- to get him back into Gaza, the Biden
0: administration, right. they.
1: Uh, and this is the PLO flag, have a, 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 a Palestine from the river to the sea.
0: No Israel.
1: Of The whole Israel. No Israel. So where is Israel? So, uh, Hamas are from the river to the sea. The PLO from the river to the That's sea. The what, what is the, ba- basically the difference? What's our peace partner? Be- what are the difference between the plan of Hamas and the plan of the PLO? Both are the plan is to eradicate the state of Israel. And you know, we Jews do not have the luxur- luxury of not to believe our enemies. If they say that they are going to exterminate us, we should better believe them that at least that was their plan.
0: So because on
1: once in history, we didn't believe. Right. And happened what happened.
0: So, but, but we're living that right now because there are representatives and leaders of the Palestinian Authority who are on record saying in Arabic.
1: Rajoub just uh, and, said right, it recently. We a number
0: of them saying that October seventh massacre. There's going to be even worse in Judea and Samaria. Right. They're planning even worse in Judea and Samaria. Right. But our 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 leaders are not talking about it. They're still only focused on talking about Gaza, and they're still talking about allowing more Arabs workers from Judea and Samaria into Israel, just as they allowed Gaza workers into Israel two days. Before the massacre took place on October seventh.
1: Well, don't forget the that the, the uh, song about uh, bringing the PA back to Gaza after they were kicked out in two thousand and seven uh, is actually sung by the White House right? and the State Department, and since Israel uh, needs them, uh, you know, to run the, wa- the war, ammunition and uh, and uh, political backing. Uh, Israel tries not to aggravate the administration now by talking about uh, that the PA is no option in Gaza. But uh, I think that most of the Israelis, the vast majority of the Israelis understand that the PA is part of the problem, is not part of the solution, cannot be part of the solution. After all, don't forget that the PA and the PLO has actually two uh, acting terror organizations, under their wing. One is the Tanzim of the Fatah, Fatah movement, and the other one is Shuad al-Aqsa, means the martyrs of al-Aqsa. And these armed militias actually are active against Israel. Oops.
0: One of them actually took part in the October 7th massacre.
1: The, they, they claimed, I, I think the Hamas are very angry at them because they don't want to be associated with them. Uh, that they, you know, that they also took part in this, um, and Abbas and his government and his actually the PA is paying monthly salary to all the killers. Uh, they and they don't recognize the state of Israel. They act against Israel in every uh, given uh, corridor in the world, including in the United Nations, which they are not allowed, according to the Oslo agreements, to go to. So since they violate everything which they signed with us, and they act against us openly, and they actually maintain terror against us with these two organizations, and Israel does not appear in the maps of the PA. So what else do you need in order to be convinced that the PA is part of the problem and not part of the solution? Well, my
0: conclusion is clear. The American administration and the U.S. State Department don't care about the facts, They don't mind the fact that a Palestinian authority that wants to destroy the Jewish State of Israel stays in control, propped up by U.S. money and and, and the Israeli government. uh,
1: Look, first of all, don't forget that the State Department has a long history of, I would say, anti-Semitic activity or policies. I would say policies which do not go along with the Israeli interests, to say the least. The State Department has the Orientalists over there, by the way some of them are uh, from, uh, you know, from Arab countries uh, of who think and represent the arab uh, overall view to Israel which is totally uh, illegitimate uh, view so uh, uh, this is what I'm afraid that uh, since they speak Arabic they have the ticket they have to the state department to deal with the Arab world and when it comes to israel all of a sudden they are uh, part of the of the game so what can we expect that they are in the mercy Israel than they or on uh, right. people or on families who remain in Arab world okay. so so this is the the problem with the State Department and uh, sometimes when you have a powerful uh, uh, president the president can force uh, his policies like what Trump moved the, the embassy from Tel Aviv to Jerusalem this was against the, the State Department. They didn't like it at all. So uh, so this is uh, why uh, uh, in Israel we don't talk about uh, we try I mean the politicians try not to talk about the day after the war because they do not want to accept the American solution, uh, which uh, you know the, the Americans will have to work in very hard in order to convince the Israelis.
0: Oh, I think it's dead in the... I think the idea is dead in the water. They just don't know it yet because they don't have any other plan. Uh, so okay. it, it will be a question. Well, What well, will be?
1: Well, I have a plan. I, uh, and but I, before
0: uh, you go to your plan, I still want to talk about destruction of Hamas. Okay? Yeah. Because there are some people who disconnect, and this is even within the Biden administration itself, and including, I think, you know, uh, Secretary of Defense, uh, Lloyd Austin, just publicly said this, that... There is Hamas, right, the organization of Hamas. And then there is the Arab Muslims in Gaza who, they're not Hamas. And Israel has to be careful and only target Hamas fighters, leaders, and not touch the Arab Muslim civilians who are innocent. Uh, my Wait, understanding. This is the picture. This that's the picture that they're giving over to the world. That's the picture that's being talked about in, in the world media. I think most Israelis today understand, and correct me if I'm wrong, that Hamas is an ideology. It's not just an organization. And a majority, if not all, Arab Muslims in Gaza, and even in Judea and Samaria, because the reason there's no elections, the Palestinian Authority, is because they know they're going to lose to Hamas, because right. most Arab Muslims in Judea and Samaria would vote for Hamas. Most of them believe and took part in the massacre and celebrating the murder and rape and burning of innocent Jews, so it's not about destroying a political movement and the leaders of those political movement and those fighters. It is, yes, telling anyone who wants to save their lives to run away. But if you don't run away, you are also Hamas. You're the you are the reason Hamas exists as a political military power, and and therefore you're open game for us to be able to to attack if you're not running away to save your lives.
1: Yeah. By the way. Um when the masses of gazans were fleeing to the southern part of uh, of gaza in the beginning of the ceasefire no it was before before even before the ceasefire uh, th- today we suspect that uh, some of the hostages were also taken uh, to the south uh, that apparently they couldn't do anything because they were dragged or maybe sure. silenced in a way or another sure. but uh,
0: so ha- so how do you explain this in terms of the even the Israeli government's uh, proclamation to destroy Hamas, but yet understanding Hamas is a civilization, Hamas is a society, a culture, an right. ideology. It's not just a movement.
1: Right. And uh, Hamas is a movement which the people, in, in, in general, they didn't fight against. Uh, the Hamas policemen were walking around Gaza before the war uh, with no weapons because they were not afraid uh, from the from the population, uh, we saw many of them running after Hamas into the Israeli communities in order to loot, in order to rape, in order to kill C- civilians. C- civilians. Civilian one, one, even one with the, with the, with the a cane with the cane. An old man An with the cane. cane.
0: Teenagers, kids running in with the militants. Right. With kids.
1: So to say that they are all innocent is evidently is not right. Secondly, how how mm-hmm. they rejoiced. When they heard about what happens when they started to get the videos taken from the brethren in gaza uh, no in 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 the in the jewish uh, uh, neighborhoods when they bursted into houses raped and killed and you know even one phone call was intercepted a guy from gaza informs his father and mother that he killed 10 10 jews jews not israelis you know it's a it's a jewish issue and then uh, so what uh, is his parents are also innocent after they encouraged him uh, to do this, and and he will say you will be part of me, uh, okay. So if they are part of him and encourage, is this what innocent are they? So uh, definitely you could see the the interaction between Hamas and the population through the years, not not only from now. Uh, and yeah, but like, to say that they all uh, deserve uh, to to die, this uh, I wouldn't say. But uh, when we have to find a solution for these people, and and the solution is by dividing the Gaza Strip to six six emirates uh, according to the concentrations of population, one in the north uh, of uh, the, of the strip which is uh, two neighborhoods which are adjacent to each other. One is the Beit Lahia and the other is Beit Hanun. The other one, the other Emirate, is in Gaza, the city. other one in Dir De- De- al-Balakh, to the south from the city. Another one in Khan Yunus, Abbasan al-Kabir, and Rafah, which is already next to the Egyptian border. And these units, these Emirates, should operate uh, according to the uh, willing of the clans which live in these towns and city, and uh, it, you know, clanism is still mm. in, in in the in the veins of, of this uh, of this region, and this is the only thing which uh, is a basis for a good uh, uh, peace peace loving countries like the Emirates in the Gulf. Each and every one is one big family, one family. The Why they are stable and prosperous. Not because of the oil, it's because of the stability, the social stability, which could be very different. And, and once uh, you achieve this, uh, or the division of the, of the strip to six parts, it is much easier to maintain law and order where well, no Hamas and no Abbas means no Hamas and no uh, Palestinian Authority because both. One is dangerous, one is even more. and You cannot uh, rely on them. This is why I highly recommend to adopt this uh, solution.
0: So if I'm not mistaken, it's Israeli security control. No political power for any Palestinian Arab group. It's just each family, each clan takes responsibility for their own family in their own area. And what about us returning and resettling Jewish communities in the, in the Gaza Strip?
1: Uh this this question should be determined later. First of all let's see which part of the of the the land Israel can take or can in order to establish or reestablish these uh, neighborhoods. Uh, secondly we have to secure that they are safe, that nobody touches them, nobody launches missiles against them, nobody hat- attacks them, even with uh, rifles. And uh, yes, this should be uh, maybe part of the, of the agreements between uh, Israel and each and every one of these Cause, Cause
0: interesting, Because I see going in that direction, the, under the military understanding is, and this is why it exists also in Judea and Samaria, we're only able to have secure, safe military control over an area because we have civilian uh, presence as well the Jewish towns and cities, which was part of the IDF strategy initially right, right. to establish all the Jewish towns and, and, and cities in, uh, in the Gaza Strip for well, between, uh, after 1967, after we liberated it.
1: Well, I'm not sure that every characteristic of Israel's presence in Judea and Samaria should be copied one-to-one to, to the Gaza Strip. It's a different area, a different terrain, different uh, face of, of the, or cover of the, the land, the challenges are different, the dangers are different. So you cannot really uh, derive uh, everything, you know, from uh, f- from the previous issues. Um, this is, I think, uh, this should be the solution to Gaza. Uh, I, I don't rely on any foreign uh, force, not Saudi, not Emirati, n- nobody. Israel should be in charge of security while the clans should be in charge of development and bringing life back to normal.
0: So it's interesting. I think there's going to be a different outcome to Gaza. And I don't know how it's going to happen. But I do think the day is going to come. And I know in a real politic, geopolitical realistic perspective of analyzing reality what I'm about to say seems impossible but I do think something's gonna happen just like we're now fighting in Gaza where for decades the Israeli army said there's no way we're gonna fight in Gaza and we're there so two months ago you would have said that everyone would have called you crazy and yet it's happening
1: look two months ago and nobody expected such an attack
0: so what I'm saying is I believe the ultimate solution and I don't know how it's gonna happen somehow the Gaza-Egyptian border is going to get opened, and again, don't know how, because it's obvious not going to be because Egypt wants to open it, because they very much don't want the Gazans, um, and most of the Arabs are going to end up leaving that, to, wherever they go, don't know, but go in other places, uh, and the Gaza Strip will be uh, many, many less Arabs. How that's going to happen, when that's going to happen, what's going to take place in order to allow that to happen? That's totally out of my hands. That I throw up to to, to God above who's uh, who's in charge of everything that goes against all uh, all of our realistic yeah, l- rational thinking.
1: Look, let's hope that many Gazans will find a better place to live in. And I really wish them a good life that they'll find in Comoro Island. I, I don't know. Uh, ma- maybe an island should be found or should be given to them in well, the this Pacific goes
0: to another piece and I know we have to end soon because Right now, the Western world doesn't want them. They know they're trouble. Of course, America doesn't want them. Americans are, are upset if it even is mentioned. Like they took in Syrian refugees, they took in Ukrainian refugees. They don't want Gaza refugees. Everyone says Gaza refugees have to remain in Gaza. First of all, talk. Let's let's put a. Because they are afraid.
1: They are afraid all the countries are afraid that the jihadists from Gaza right. will bring them know-how of how to produce. Uh, missiles or, or bombs or, or explosives or whatever uh, and they will continue so, so I continue their, to their, 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 right, their profession. So that's
0: what, right, that's why Europe and America doesn't want them, right? But what we're experiencing today already, what the European countries in America are experiencing today is seeing the mob rule of the pro-Hamas, pro-genocide <sighs> Europeans and Americans in the streets of Of Paris, of London, of New York of Los Angeles, of Washington D.C. and Americans are starting to realize oh my god this isn't just against the Jews and against Israel. They're bringing their Muslim insanity against all of us. So what message do you have to the Americans and the Europeans who are starting to wake up and realizing even no connection to Israel they have a problem growing in their midst.
1: Well, first of all, I wouldn't say insanity, because Muslims Muslims are sane. Mm, okay. They they do have different goals. They do f- they do have different objectives. They do have different culture, different uh, cells, set of values, different scale of priorities. So, in all these other uh, uh, you know different uh, 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 characteristics compared to us, doesn't turn them into lunatics or crazy, uh, we have to understand them. We have to learn about the culture. We have to learn about their history. We have to right. learn much about the, their uh, way of ways of conduct. And uh, if you read enough and you listen enough to people mm-hmm. who talk about them, their own lives, you, you can be a good researcher about the Middle East as well.
0: But do you think there is a way to turn around, for instance, I'll just get a recent example, just two days ago, I think there was a massive Shiite rally, protest, pro Hamas, pro anti Israel, pro genocide, anti Israel, in the streets of London.
1: Yeah, and you know, one of the journalists, tens of
0: in, thousands, Shiites, Iranians.
1: A, a friend, a friend from London, called me and said that the first time she hears the word deportation. The first time, British people who want to save Britain as a British land, they understand that they have to start deporting people who have no uh, legitimacy, who are only (laughs) temporarily in Britain. Uh, Yet uh, in my humble view, it will not stop by those who uh, who have no citizenship in Britain. It will continue with the time. Who will run the mines? Who yeah. will uh, run the, the the buses or the trains in in Britain? Uh, today, there's all uh, the migrants are running this business. Who will sell v- fruits and ge- vegetables in the streets? There's not b- the not British.
0: Would fall if all these people. Who would will be, be taxi
1: drivers in in London? And you know. Um, uh, <laughs> London without uh, taxi drivers is like uh, whiskers without a cat.
0: But when you're talking about potential survival as a society versus potential economic downfall, which supersedes...
1: Uh, look, it, at some point it becomes the same because the British economy will not survive if it changes the population dramatically because if uh, it turns to be an Arab or an Islamic state, Without oil, there are usually uh, failing states, and states which are which have conflicts with within them. Look at Afghanistan. Look at Pakistan. Look at Syria. Look at uh, Iraq. Look at uh, you know Libya. All are inflicted by conflicts from within. So, just imagine what Europe will look like in fifty years. I thank God that I won't be here, even if I p- even if I plan to live until one hundred and twenty. Uh, it it will uh, end in 2072 wo
0: wow. i'm i'm not laughing at what dr kedar is explaining potentially could be in 50 years in europe i'm just laughing at his yeah. own even if even if i survive even years. if
1: i live <laughs> until <laughs> <abyss laughs> 1120 okay, you know until 120 mm-hmm. uh, it, it will uh, so finish I'll in 49 I'll years
0: i am more optimistic than that again I don't I, I can't point to a realistic logical way. I, I do believe things are gonna get so bad that things are gonna have to get better at one point in time. I don't know how that's gonna happen. Well in but Europe
1: so, in Europe and America. Uh,
0: things are gonna I think things no, things are gonna get really bad. Things are gonna look, get better for us in Israel. <laughs>
1: look at look at the backlash. Yeah. You have Herod Wilders. Was elected in, in Holland. Holland. You have Marine, Dep- Marine Le Pen in who France. became very legitimate in, in in France. You have the Democratic Party in Sweden, which is against migration. Look at the Alternative for Germany AfD, uh, uh, which is also against no, against, against are migration. Get very, very bad in, in Means Europe. Europeans realized, but the question is, what is their birth rate? Because those who do not want the foreigners have to find solution. Who will run the right. the the, the taxes? Taxidri- who will run the taxes? Who will right. run the uh, um, blue collar uh, workers, uh, which are all migrants? Right. Okay, so uh, they have to. Uh, you know, somebody. I, I didn't calculate what happens in Europe, but somebody said that somebody who calculated it said that in order to return to a situation when Europe can sustain itself. How many children uh, every family but have? you know, by having all the workers of Europeans, right. every woman Has to have. in Europe, uh, whether married or not, should have eight children. Three generations. Wow. The woman, her four average number of girls of daughters, and th- and each of everyone's four girls should also bear eight children. Right. Uh, right. So, for three generations, Europe had this chance to return to be European. Otherwise, Europe is doomed.
0: Right. Ja, and, and the Muslims say that. We're, we're, we're conquering Europe with, with, with our mother With, w- with wombs. Uh,
1: without we- even one shot. Right.
0: Oh, boy. All right, everybody. The positive is pray, 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 because ultimately it's up to us and God above. And to be knowledgeable of everything going on, hence the very, very important analysis, real analysis that we get from Dr. Kedar that is not given by uh, 99.9% of all the media, journalists, publicists, influencers who are out there that we are fed on a daily basis. Dr. Kedar, thank you so much. Always a pleasure.
1: Thank you so much.
0: Signing off for another episode of the Pulse of Israel in our eternal and ancestral homeland, the land of Israel, in our eternal biblical and indivisible capital Jerusalem since King David's time. If you are not yet a subscriber to the Pulse of Israel videos, go visit pulseofisrael.com and click to subscribe. And if you like this video and you want to help us get it seen by many poor people, especially to hear these very, very important information and messages from Dr. Kedar, just click on the donate button on pulseofisrael.com. Shalom, everyone. Thanks for watching.
1: Thank you host of Israel frontline videos from the holy land support our work by donating today